Hey everyone, it's been a relatively busy couple of weeks in the world of Formula One. We had another back to back, this time going a little bit further afield. We started out in Baku, Azerbaijan, and then over to Montreal, Canada, for the first time in three years. It has been a long time since we've had any kind of Formula One, Formula E motorsport race in Canada. In fact, the um, the Formula E race was cancelled this year just because they couldn't host it. And so, yeah, it's great to be back in Canada. It's a really, really good track. And so it's great to be returning to Canada. But first off, we have Baku. And given that these races were so close together, even though we've already done this already this year, I thought I would do a quick summary episode of what happened uh, up to this point and a quick preview going into the British Grand Prix weekend, which I'm extremely excited about. So starting off in Baku, um, the weekend was particularly interesting because it again showed how good the Ferrari is. It showed that the car is very fast, it's definitely competitive and able to go toe-to-toe with Red Bull. Throughout a lot of that weekend, surprisingly, I think for a lot of people, Charles Leclerc was back on top. And if you remember, this was off the back of a huge disappointment at his home race in Monaco, where the strategy meant that he was leading the race, he ended up in fourth. All in all, it looked as though it was going to be a, quite frankly, deserved easy win again for Ferrari and then disaster strikes. Leclerc, who was leading the race, had an engine failure. And in all honesty, I feel like this season is completely toying with Leclerc's emotions. From leading the championship by 40 points to now sitting third in the table behind Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen, who is now leading, the terrible strategy at his home race, and now reliability issues. I I hear it time and time again where people say, you know, I'd rather have a unreliable car that's really fast. And that is the car that Ferrari have. And I don't think Charles Leclerc wants that. It is looking more and more likely now after, I think, eight race wins in a row that Red Bull are going to win both championships this season. The question will be, who will win the drivers' championship? Is it going to be Perez? Is it going to be Verstappen? I think we all know who it's really going to be, but I would like it to be a bigger fight. I would like it to be a little bit more open. This isn't what the leaders of Formula One had in mind when they initially set out to make all these big rule changes. They wanted closer racing and they wanted a title fight. But at the moment, Red Bull and Max is running away with it. So another win for Verstappen in Baku. After his DNF last year, when his tyre blew out, I think that's another thing that was addressed for the race in Azerbaijan. But there was a lot of criticism for Pirelli last year around the tyre choice that they brought to Baku. They brought the same tyres that they brought to Monaco, which is a much slower street circuit. And yes, Baku is a street circuit, but it's extremely high speed and it's very, very hot. And so it just completely burned through the tyres last year. So I would like to know, and maybe I'll try and see if I can find something and write about it, uh, what the tyre difference was and why 
they were able to, well, I guess not burst in, uh, in Baku this year. The last time we were in Montreal, the fight for one and two was Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton. And if you recall that infamous day, Vettel, who was in the Ferrari, won the race and then was given a five second time penalty and relegated to P2. But that was a long time ago. That race between Hamilton and Vettel was the most recent race that we've had in Canada. And it shows that it is possible to fight. And that's what we got for the race. I thought it was probably one of my favourites of the whole season so far because it was full of clean racing. It didn't really have anything overtly controversial and it was exciting. So starting off the weekend, because of the power failure in Azerbaijan, they changed a huge number of the power unit elements. They changed the uh, electronics for the controls, the MGUH, the MGUK, the turbocharger, and the exhaust. So a huge amount of components there. And what that meant was that he had to start from the back of the grid. The clerk started 19th and Verstappen was on pole. So straight away, I mentioned that, you know, Verstappen is running away with it. Going into this weekend, knowing that the clerk was going to take an engine penalty, knowing that the Red Bull is strong and that Verstappen was likely to start on pole, and he did, by Sunday, people thought, you know, is the season over already? Is there really a chance for Ferrari to catch the Red Bull? And whilst going into the weekend, the conversation was very much about the Red Bull and the Ferrari. There were two other teams who have made subtle and yet very large steps in the right direction. One of those is, of course, the Mercedes, who seem to have solved the porpoising issue. They still have some bouncing, but it was nowhere near as, as severe. And another is Alpine, who have kind of been creeping uh, and flirting with the top five every now and then, maybe in a qualifying, maybe just before a pit window. Um, both drivers, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, have been doing really well. And in a very rainy, wet qualifying on Saturday, P2 was two-time world champion, 40-year-old Fernando Alonso. I loved seeing Fernando Alonso start on the front row. Yes, in the race, he was a bit screwed over on the strategy. I have no idea why they didn't pit Fernando during the first two virtual safety cars and then just pitted him randomly in the middle. Uh, completely bizarre strategy. But he showed during qualifying a very, very tricky qualifying how good he is. And I don't need to tell people how good he is. But what I do need to say is that there should not be a question mark about his future. He showed on Saturday that he can, in an inferior car, get very close to the current world champion, who's 15 years his junior, by the way. So as I said, Fernando got a little bit screwed over on the strategy, which meant that he ended up behind his teammate, Ocon. Charles Leclerc started in 19th and managed to make his way up to 5th, which I thought was incredible. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Hamilton in Brazil last year, when again he started from the back in the sprint, ended up fifth. 
It would have been even better had his teammate, Carlos Sainz, managed to overtake Max Verstappen. And I'll be honest, Sainz had a really good opportunity to do that. They both came out of a full safety car with Sainz on, I think, one lap better tyres than Verstappen. And he just couldn't overtake. He tried, I think, for 12 laps and, and couldn't do it. I was hoping that there would be a bit more fight there from Carlos Sainz, partly because one, of course, he wants to try and help his teammate. Um, but also there is a little bit of history between Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen. They both used to be in Toro Rosso, the sister Red Bull team, before it became Alpha Tauri. And Carlos Sainz was Max's teammate when Max got promoted into Red Bull. At the time, Max was just 18 years old. Sainz was older, more experienced, and arguably at the time, a better driver. But they moved up uh, Max Verstappen, and it's no secret that Carlos Sainz was incredibly unhappy about that. That's why he moved to McLaren the year after, and now, of course, is a Ferrari driver. And so part of me thought this was the first time that there has been a relatively equal battle between Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen. I expected to see a little bit more fight from Carlos Sainz. He did have some good opportunities and afterwards his tyres just dropped off and then it was over. Verstappen won again. Sainz again was in P2. He's still looking for his very first win. It's not the first time he's been in a situation like this, Carlos Sainz. He should have won in Monza um, when Pierre Gasly won. He again, he had the car, he had the skill, and he just couldn't do it. I think if Carlos Sainz wants to stay at Ferrari beyond the uh, end of 2023, I think he's going to have to start being a little bit more risky with some of his maneuvers. The drivers around him. Uh, the likes, you know, the people who were in that top five, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, Charles Leclerc, Fernando Alonso, they all have a much higher risk factor, I think, which is why they all go for slightly more dangerous maneuvers. Of course, sometimes it doesn't pay off, which is when we see pretty dangerous crashes, but that's why they are the best drivers and they're the ones that win the most. If you have a look by comparison at Formula E, um, Formula E this year has been extremely interesting because the qualifying format has changed completely. It changed from a format that leveled the playing field to one that, like Formula One, prioritizes the best drivers. And I know that seems a little bit unfair, but what was happening before was that the field was being really, really mixed up during the race. And so we would have newer drivers, less skilled drivers at the front of the grid or near the front of the grid and drivers with more experience and a little bit more talent trying to overtake them and it would cause crashes. And so this year in Formula E, what we're finding is that the best drivers are consistently at the front and as a result, there have been much less accidents this year. I think the statistic is this year there have been nine races, nine safety cars. Last year there were nine races, 17 safety cars. And then a few years ago it was 24. And so it is proven that by putting the best drivers and allowing the best drivers to race together out the front, it is actually safer than mixing it up. 
And for Carlos Sainz, I think he has to try and keep up with the rest of the top drivers. And I'm not saying he's not a top driver. He's very, very good. But as I said, the other drivers who were around him in this race, I think represent the highest skilled and the ones that will take the most risks to get to the front and the ones that can pull it off as well. So some work for Carlos Sainz. I don't know if he will get there. I really hope that he does, because if he doesn't and he allows the likes of Max Verstappen to stay out in front or pass him, then Ferrari are going to lose this championship way before the end of the season. So I mentioned about the Mercedes. They had a very good weekend, uh, P3 and P4. It's good to see them back in the mix. Um, I hope that by the British Grand Prix next week, they're taking another step forward. The pace that they had in Canada was matching the leaders, which is a huge step forward. They've been at least, you know, depending on the track, four or five tenths off the leaders the whole time. But now I feel like they're finally understanding some of the problems. It does mean that I think the title fight is over for them, um, although I'll never say never, but it does look extremely unlikely. I think the only things that can come into play now that will affect the championship um, in Mercedes' Mercedes favour is reliability. We know that the Red Bull have been suffering with reliability. Sergio Perez had another DNF. They've had issues with the rear wing. Ferrari, as we know, have had multiple DNFs as well. That Mercedes looks to be relatively reliable. And so if anything played a part to swing the title fight back to Mercedes, it's probably going to be that, but that is extremely unlikely. So as I said, next week it is Silverstone, one of my favourite races of the year. Yes, it's because I'm British, but I love the track so much. It is one of my favourites. I've never actually been to Silverstone. I really hope I get to go at some point in the future. Um, I've always wanted to experience the, the British crowd. So if you are going, I hope you have an amazing time. Hamilton has won the last three British Grand Prix, And so, um, you know, the omens are in his favor. But as I said, that Mercedes needs to be just a little bit better to beat the Red Bull. And so until next time, thank you very much for tuning in.